And together we're going to end crazy Nancy Pelosi. She's crazy as a bedbug. We're going to end her political career once and for all. It's going to happen. And when she loses that position, she'll be out of there so fast. And we're also joined today by uh, uh, Larson and... Uh, and uh, uh, <laughs> I know. Yeah. No, I got it. Joe uh, <laughs> Benning, who's a real champion for working families. I've flown over every major wildfire in this country with FEMA since uh, not every, a couple I didn't, but the vast majority of them, and it's devastating. It is April 25th, 2022. Welcome to The Daily Rob. Check the link tree. It's in the description. It has all of Rob's sites, including a new article that came out on Friday on Real Clear Markets. Now, without further ado, the man, the myth, the legend, the one and only Rob Smith. Hello, Stu. How are you doing? I'm well. How are you? I don't know, Stu. I'm feeling a little bit confused. You know, it's my sexuality, Stu my gender, my pronouns. I just don't know. I feel a little different today. Um, would you hold on just a second, Stu? Sure. Okay. I'm going to go to my gender closet, okay. my gender transition closet. <laughs> oh, Stu, I feel much better now that I've transitioned to, well, I don't really believe in the binary stuff, Stu, but I've transitioned to kind of how I feel today. Stu, <laughs> our public schools are teaching this. I mean, it is incredible. They have transition, they have gender transition closets in a number of school districts. The teacher of like five-year-olds, six-year-old, six-year-olds, they have a closet a gender transition closet where they encourage children to explore another gender. And these teachers are freaks, Stu. They're perverts. Um, and one of whom, oh, they don't tell the parents about this, Stu. This is being hidden from the parents. One of these freaks is a guy by the name of Thomas Martin Edwards, and he's a transsexual, and he's the founder of Queer Teacher Fellowship. The look for teaching the children tomorrow feels very Harvey Milk meets Harvey Dent. I'm here to recruit you. Teachers tell me it's the end of the school year without telling me it's the end of the school year. We're past the point in the school year where layoffs happen in my state, so I get to be as queer as I want to be. Did anyone else download TikTok early on in the pandemic, then delete it later on because the, the algorithm got a little bit too specific? Then you re-downloaded it a few months ago, but had to slog through two days of political debate TikTok in order to get back to teacher queer witch talk? My admin's actually very okay with me wearing heels. I'm coming to school in drag sometimes. I used to put on makeup, but now it's too early in the morning, so that's not happening anymore. But like, yeah, they're pretty cool with it. They just think I'm making a safe place for my kids. Then there's another named Lady Amar Rush, and she's in Arkansas. And she, um, there's a video, TikTok or something, where she's telling everyone in the world 
that they hide this from the parents. Because if the parents were to find out about this, the children would die or get beat up. Um, so that seems to be the refrain from the left these days that if you disagree with them, you disagree with the freaks, you are a murderer who wants to kill people, even your own children. Um, you think I'm crazy about that? You don't think that's true? Pete Buttigieg was on Buttigieg, whatever his name is. When they were talking about the so-called don't say gay bill, um, uh, he said that it will kill our kids. In other words, if we don't talk about transsexualism to five-year-olds, it will kill them. Stu, they're freaks, they're perverts. I've said it over and over. They have a uh, mental condition. It's, it's called um, gender dysphoria, transgender dysphoria. And Stu, here's an excellent book. I want our, our readers to be able, God. Irreversible damage. Uh, can you say that, Stu? Oh, is that Abigail Shire's book? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I saw her on Joe Rogan. Yeah. How does a kid know whether they are someone who's being easily influenced and someone who is giving in to this anxiety and you are a part of well, the way you're describing it, a contagion amongst your friends versus someone who's genuinely trans, like someone who genuinely is born in the wrong body? So we have a hundred year diagnostic history of gender dysphoria. We know what it is. It's not guesswork. We know that it is in this whole history, it typically presents in early childhood, ages two to four is when we see it starting, and it was overwhelmingly boys, little boys who say, no, mommy, I'm not a boy, I'm a girl, call me a girl, only want to play with other girls, only want to do, you know, play with girl toys, and they sometimes they hate their sexual organ. I mean, sometimes, you know, it's a severe, persistent, insistent, consistent feeling. Um, and, and then a lot of them would grow out of it and some of them wouldn't and they would become what we used to call transsexuals. Um, now we're seeing an explosion of young women, you know, suddenly deciding they're trans with their friends and they are doing it in friend groups. They'll have a whole friend group of trans kids. They are, you know, doing it after social media emerged. Transgender adults never did it because of social media. So I'm not familiar with the gender closets uh, at all, but I searched it real quick online and it took me to lgbtqia.ucdavis.edu. And so items at the gender affirmation clothing closet include clothes, makeup, accessories, and then trans affirming shapewear. So does that mean, I imagine that means they have fake breast. I also imagine that means they have a fake A dick. banana to put in your pocket. So a rocket uh, in your pocket. Uh, Stu, these are sick motherfuckers, and Stu, nobody, this is not an organic movement where some uh, teacher in Arkansas says, well, you know what, I think I'll form a gender transition closet and not tell the parents about it, and uh, we'll dress little boys up as girls. Uh, this is being funded and promulgated from somewhere. Well, a part of this is if you look at um, the Social Democrat party, one of the things they say on their website is that anyone who is an activist should become a teacher because the teachers union is probably the most powerful organization 
in the United States when it comes to being able to influence things culturally. And so that means, you know, you're able to have something like this in a classroom and then it kind of becomes uh, real, not railroaded, it becomes kind of forced into every state because it becomes part of just the public education model. Well, you know, you know, I'm a big fan of Ron Paul and, you know, Ron Paul would say, you know, if there's states like California, Washington that want to do this, they can, but you have to respect the fact that there are going to be states like Arkansas, Florida, um, Georgia, Texas, Oklahoma, that are going to say, hell no. And we're not going to have teachers discussing this with students ever or until they're a certain age. My defense of liberty is the defense of their right to practice their religion and say their prayers where they want and practice their life. But if, if you do not protect liberty across the board, it's a First Amendment type issue. We don't have a First Amendment to so, so that we can talk about the weather. We have the First Amendment so we can say very controversial things. So for people to say that, uh, yes, we have our religious beliefs protected, but people who want to follow something else are a controversial religion, you can't do this. If you have the inconsistency, then you're really not defending liberty. But there are strict rules on freedom of choice of this sort, because you can't hurt other people, you can't defame other people. But yes, you have a right to do things that are very controversial. If not, you're going to end up with government that's going to tell us what we can eat and drink and whatever. I got a better idea, Stu. How about just defunding the public schools? Uh, you know, we I am always an advocate of that. The, the parents are in control of education. It's up to the parents have the responsibility to educate their children. Get the public schools out of the way. And I guarantee you, children would be, um, would receive a better education, learn more, and be steeped in what we might call conventional values. Uh, we figure out a way to do it. I've got hundreds of ideas on how it can be done, but you got to take the vacuum. Um, you got to create the vacuum, shut them down, and the ingenuity of the American enterprise system will figure out a way to do it. And parents who love their children will figure out how to do it. Parents who don't give a shit about their children, they're not getting an education anyway, Stu. If we're going to say abolish cops, why not abolish teachers? I'm dead serious here. Mm -hmm. Let's abolish teachers. If you think people can walk around society and police themselves, kids can teach themselves. All right, I'm moving on. Um, Stu, the uh, movie by uh, Dinesh D'Souza, 2000 Mules, is going to be out not on May 8th. They released another, the second trailer today. We have put together, I think, the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics. Let me say it again. The 2020 election was the most secure election in American history. Let me begin by asking a very simple question. Do we know the truth about what really happened in the 2020 election? I think millions of Americans know something went wrong and they have little pieces and no one's really put it together. I'm agnostic on this question 
and I, I am awaiting more information. If I believed the president were a Nazi, I might steal an election. Bold accusations require bold evidence, and they haven't seen it. We have been working on something big. Show me the money. Can we meet? I've been working with Greg Phillips. He has a deep background in election intelligence. True the Vote has the largest store of election intelligence for the 2020 elections in the world. No one has more data than we do. It's interesting, Stu. I mean, they've got them dead to rights on how they rig the election. And if you ever want to know, I mean, if you if you are a um, examiner of the human condition, as I as I am, Stu, when people fight like hell, uh, 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 not to be transparent, they're hiding something, and you know they did whatever it is you're accusing them of. Every branch of every state and local and federal government um, that is controlled by the Democrats are, have fought tooth and nail uh, not to be open about the elections and to suppress all this mountain of evidence that's out there. That in and of itself proves a lot. Stu, there was a Trump rally in Delaware, Ohio. You know, I don't know what the numbers were. American patriots, incredible people. And seven months from now, the people of Ohio are going to vote to fire the radical left Democrats. But I will just read, uh, what I think was the best line uh, that I've read. And we have a president right now, sadly, who has absolutely no idea what the hell is happening. He's shaking hands with the air. He's walking around somewhat bewildered. I'd say it's no good and taking orders from the Easter Bunny. You saw that one? No, no, no. I thought that was pretty funny. Oh, Stu, Stu, Stu. Um, other than that, Stu, we had a pretty exhaustive um, daily ride on Friday. We hit a lot of these topics, but um, Anthony Fauci uh, came out, I think, Friday or over the weekend and said courts should not be involved in the mask mandate. I, I caught your quote, sir, in which you said that... Um, this is a CDC issue. It should not have been a court issue. Uh, what did you mean by that? Well, exactly what, what I said, Neil, that this, this is a public health issue. And the point that I was making is that you always respect a decision of a judge in a court. And in fact, that's what's happening right now because masks are coming off in transportation planes and, and, and other forms of transportation. But the point that I was making that this is a public health decision, and I think it's a bad precedent when decisions about public health issues are made by, by people, be they judges or what have you, that don't have experience or expertise in public health. And, and I believe that this should, main, should remain a CDC decision. In other words, Stu, we ought not to have any rule of law the CDC ought to control all of our lives. Just think about the hubris of that and the tyrannical nature. Courts ought not to have any involvement in interpreting a matter of law, whether or not 
uh, the CDC even has the right to make these regulations. And Anthony, you dumbass, if you want to pass a law that really is unequivocal that the CDC can pass laws uh, dealing with masks on transportation, pass a law. We've got this outline called the Constitution and shows you exactly how to go about getting a bill approved and into law. All right, so that's all I got today. Right on. Yeah, I don't like any of this rule of fiat crap. You know, it seems so dysfunctional, you know, even in the executive branch where a president comes into office and just resends all the executive orders of the previous president. And then the next president comes in and then resends all the orders of that previous president. I mean, that that's not a good way to govern a, pop, a population of people. This now Let me tell you why those laws are passed the way they are. Congress ought to be involved in every regulation. It's their job. But what they do is they pass these very, very broad bills and they delegate to an agency um, uh, what they can and cannot rule on. So they give the authority to the agency. And that's really not the way the Constitution is written, Stu. They ought to stand up in front of the voter and they ought to uh, make those laws themselves and pass those laws themselves. But of course, the problem is the government's so big, they can never do that. But that's the problem. Reduce the size of government and you sons of a bitches do your job like the founders intended. Hell yeah. So the story I got for you today is a bit of an older story. So um, at the end of last week, Jack Dorsey responded to one... You mean Rasputin? Rasputin. Uh, Brian Stelter tweeted out this Washington Post article. You mean Mr. Potato Head? Yes. Um, or Humpty Dumpty. Uh, <laughs> but he tweeted out uh, Tucker Carlson is always selling the same thing. Uh, P. Bump at the Washington Post says he's selling doubt, dot, dot, dot. To which Jack responded, and you all are selling hope, question mark. And so then, of course, the entire left-wing news apparatus gets freaked out by this. Jack is now the number one enemy. And so... Uh, they tweet out Jack defending Tucker Carlson. God forbid. Uh, That's so childish. Yeah. It's 12 year old junior high girls in the bathroom yapping about one another. Yeah. She's a mean girl. And then, you know, the right wing also is like, oh, look at Jack. Jack's our new best friend. That's a big problem on the right. You know, someone says anything and then it's just like, like Nicki Minaj. Do you remember when Nicki Minaj had some doubts about a certain uh, medical procedure and everyone loved her for a little bit? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think, I don't understand why people don't understand the rule of totality in that there are a million things that one can comment on. Because you agree yeah. with someone on one thing does not mean that he's in perfect um concert with your thinking yeah but hopefully Stupid. it's a it's an olive branch for greater discussion and maybe collaboration that's that's kind of how yeah. i see it yeah and, and people can go you know what he's not a total freak i'm not sure he did poison the russian royal family <laughs> yeah 
But um, Jack responded back with not defending a thing, holding up a mirror. Fair. Fair and then, but then everyone on the left, like uh, Timnit, Gebru, and uh, Ellen K. Powell, who had blocked me on Twitter before because I called her out on some shit. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> but um, they were getting into it. And so um, um, they were like, the opposite of white supremacy is hope. Uh, is that the point of his comment? I'm very confused. Whoa, whoa, whoa. The opposite of white supremacy. Because Tucker Carlson is is always white supremacy. That's, that's oh, the last okay. So the opposite, if you disagree, Jesus Christ. Yeah, I mean, that's that's how far away their thinking is from just... It's not even thinking. It's I don't even know what to describe it. It's, it's a delusional, dysfunction, dystopian mind damaged utterances yeah and so ellen k pal um i thought his point was that the press does the same thing sowing doubt to promote white supremacy and get engagement often amplifying bad takes but now i'm not sure anymore and she had said that the uh this one gentleman at reddit who she used to work with um was the definition of white supremacy even though he was working with the ADL at the time. And well, isn't part of what the press is supposed to do is um, so doubt? Um, um, yeah, I mean, all of it just gets to such a bizarre place where it's just like, who is an actual journalist and who is just paid to write content? They're not really that many journalists. They're just content creators. They just write puff pieces that... Um, are meaningless like well, they're these knee-jerk jacobins is what they are well i i was looking at it was you know i like i like some pop culture and i was looking at a breakdown of a movie trailer and the article was framed um easter eggs like little hidden things in the movie trailer but then the whole breakdown of that was them complaining about political shit like oh this is fat phobia oh uh, this is insensitive, unneeded, and you know. All, at least, thank God, everyone in the comments said, "Can we get someone excited about the movie opposed to wanting to just have gripes with every single thing?" I mean, but that's how it is. You have this gripe culture on the left. That I, I mean, the right has aspects of it, but the left is just every single thing. Is there anything to be excited about, or is or are we always on the edge of a cliff facing extinction? You know, Stu, this gets back to theology in that they have no joy. Uh, joy comes from God. Um, and joy is when you let the Holy Spirit into your heart and all of a sudden you go, God, this is a great world. You talk to alcoholics who have been negative their whole lives. All of a sudden they quit drinking. They go to AA. And after about nine months, all of a sudden they they metamorphosized into um, new people uh, and they're joyful. Well, these left-wing anchors and talking heads, they're, they're like a bunch of, of uh, deranged alcoholics is what they're like. Yeah. And I think as humans, we are programmed to focus on the negative stuff way more than the positive. And if you don't have any kind of belief system, to support a positive worldview like Christianity, you're just going to be 
just at the mercy of your natural biology of focusing on just the, the negative. It's a narcissism. Um, and again, um, they are their own uh, deity and there's nothing else in the whole spectrum of the universe, but that. Yeah. Uh, they can't see anything that happened before them and they can't see things that are going to happen in the future. They're totally in the, in the present, excuse me, in the present wrapped up in their own narcissism. Yeah. In anger. And then just to quickly discuss uh, Mr. Blackhead, Rasputin, Jack Dorsey, he kind of is reminding me of Ted Cruz, where uh, Ted Cruz was such a better fighter when he kind of had Trump gassing him up and getting them all ready to fight. And I think that's what we're seeing with Jack Dorsey, where he has his champion, Elon Musk now. And so now Jack Dorsey actually has is willing to put skin in the game and kind of buck back at a monster he himself enabled and created. But um, it's very interesting to kind of see that that's a that's an actual human personality type where you need a savior, you need a hero, even and you might disagree the whole time, but you only get involved once you think it's almost safe to in a way. Once the smoke is clear, and it's it's a shame too, Stu, that you've said that he might have you know way before this happened that he might have a little bit more of a libertarian side than we would think. And, and if that's true, and it appears like he might, then he's been controlled by his board and by the mob and afraid to speak out. Yeah. And in this country, Stu, you ought never to be afraid to speak out. And you always ought to be able to do this to the mob. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's sad, even a guy who's very, very wealthy um, and started the company can't speak his mind. Whatever his holdings are, um, in the 2.1 or 2.4% he has, he's making an extra 30 or 40 or 50% off of that. So he ought to love Elon Musk. Well, he can also ideally put his backing behind Elon Musk now as well, along with other people. And Elon Musk has now written out and handed over to the SEC his vision of what Twitter would be like under his leadership. So, you know, it's still possible. But a lot of people are saying that him tweeting out, he tweeted out today, moving on, dot, 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 might mean he's done playing this sick game with them where they take the poison pill and blah, 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 blah. So I read that that was, he meant he, uh, he dissed Bill Gates and uh, he's moving on from dissing Bill Gates because what Bill Gates did is uh, he's the big environmentalist, but he shorted Tesla stock. Uh -huh. uh, and uh, that's what he was referring to. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he's still super in the game, but I'm just listing off some of the things I saw today. And that tweet about Bill Gates that he did was pretty awesome. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. So yeah. We'll put that up. But yeah, that's all I got for you today. I will catch you later. All right, Sue. Bye. Bye. Tell my ex bitch, give me space. Elon Musk. Hey, streams got my Q4 looking nice. My VR clutch, acting like you seen this right here. <laughs> you be all sus. Look, I just doubled up on crypto. New app out, give me the info.
info, give me the bag quick, but I gotta be talking rent for, finna be giving all of that back, and then I'm a kinfolk, making the ends meet, taking a meeting, then I sip slow, shit bro, better tell me where the cash at, I gonna run around the city in the mad black, and they all look amazed like a lab rat, I'm like, whoa, whoa, know that.